Zookeepers. Hope you've been having a good 2021 so far, and if you're listening to the future, uh, I hope that I have cybernetic implants on both my elbows and maybe one foot. You know, don't want to get too carried away. Anyways, it's Brandon, one of the Hollywood Kaiju bad boys with Podzuki. Uh, great episode ahead. We got Kendall Klitsky on, who we've been trying to get for a bit. And we're talking Wonder Woman 1984, now that's about to leave HBO. Um, yeah, you can kind of tell it's going to go, but it's a real fun episode. As always, if you like what you hear, like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also leave some reviews on Apple Podcasts if you like, that helps us a ton. And if you ever want to get some questions our way, you can email us at podzuki podcast at gmail.com that's p-o-d-z-o-o-k-y podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at podzuki but just that handle and we'll read whatever you send our way on air it's pretty fun anyways render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's 10 to 1 he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers read the fine print and be like what's the big deal spun wheels of steel since broke wheel big wheel back when it was greasy ass curl now it's easy dread had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head yes yes y'all to the beat have a ball welcome to Podzuki the only podcast to ever ask the question what if Anyways, I'm your host, uh, one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brandon Kirkman, and this is a podcast. And I'm another one of your Hollywood Kaiju bad boys, Luke Evan Slip, wondering, yeah, what was this movie we watched? Hey, it's me, another one of the Hollywood Kaiju bad boys, another host of Podzuki, third head of the King Ghidorah, Martin Felschman. Also very confused about this movie, and oh my god, who's this over here? Who's our, who's our special guest for this episode? Oh goodness! It is Kendall Klitsky. What's up? Woo! Yeah, hell yeah! Kendall fucking. Just so everyone knows, Kendall fucking rules. Yeah, Kendall, big fan. I'm. Uh, I, I'd say put some stock in Kendall as always. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. take all that money out of Bitcoin. Put it all in Kendall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love seeing people stuck at <laughs> the, home. The stock. Just talking the about stock Bitcoin abbreviation the would unfortunately now. be KKK. If, yeah. if Cash App allows me to buy Bitcoin within the app, like, I can't trust it. <laughs> it can't yeah. be that widely be. disseminated for me and have me still be interested in it. <laughs> never join I don't want to, I don't want to, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love that saying because Woody Allen coined it, so it makes the saying twice as good. <laughs> <laughs> It's like known creep saying this. I'm like, yeah, that's a good saying. Um, yeah, we, uh, I should, as we always like to do the joke first, we are actually a podcast that talks about uh, monster movies and big monsters. You're probably saying, wait, it was a second. Wonder Woman 1984, uh, what's the monster? I'm going to say two options, either this script or wishes. I would say the monster is the like looming and then eventual collapse of the theater industry. Because this right, is that's a good this movie. is like the first movie that came out like since everything. I guess we had Tenet, but nobody cared about that. And now Wonder Woman, they're releasing yeah. these movies. They're gonna just gonna start releasing movies at streaming and the theaters at the same time. I was just gonna say it's just like dudes while unencumbered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unleashed, yeah. unleashed capitalism is a. Uh... 
Yeah, it's it's another weird movie where it's like uh, the villain of it is not quite the villain, even though he should be. We'll we'll get into that. We should we should probably start from the the beginning, the humble origin. Well, I, I wanted to talk about my uh, quest to find a wall calendar real quick. Please. Do. Yeah. Well, I've been looking for. I wanted to first. I was just going to get like a a DC Comics uh, wall calendar because my one from last this past year was a Marvel one. That I got at Ross. And then at some point I wanted like I live alone. I thought Just maybe I could us. get something a bit more racy. So I I started <laughs> looking for a hentai calendar. And you'd think Hell there would yeah. be like millions of those, but I only ever it feels found, like a make your own kind of thing. Like I have to draw my own hentai. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry. That, that would take so those long. Yeah, I'm Luke. I'm sorry. It's just like Hillary Clinton would say, "I go to the polls." I just, I just think that like there was like only one, like literally, I only found one that was like a full blown hentai calendar, and you'd think there would be like way more of those. That was just my observation. That's pretty much the whole story. I, I feel, I, I feel like, I mean, I guess I, uh, to put my own two cents, and I do feel like I would imagine there would be more hentai calendars. So I guess I agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like people who like hentai are very discerning. Like, if you're gonna have a hentai calendar, you're gonna commission it from someone. So it's just yeah. far too much of a niche market. Like it's just, huh? I, Luke, is this the story of how you become a hentai calendar millionaire? <laughs> I mean, I could I, if money, I find big like big bucks, big anime titties. Brandon, you do art. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, for the right price, yeah, well, big dog jerk band could be one of the. To see him laying some pipe into some cat girl. This, this is where. Well, I wouldn't draw myself. That'd be weird. <laughs> this is where Max. That'd be real weird. This is where Max Lord fucked up. It shouldn't have been in like oil futures. Should have been hentai calendars. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we 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 should start getting into the the film itself a little bit. Um, this is from the same director of Wonder Woman, the first one that came out in 2017, uh, which I. Before we get to this one, I, I like Wonder Woman, the first film. It had some issues, but overall I had a good time. I had not seen um, it. I thought about watching it last night, but then I didn't. Yeah, but uh, Patty Jenkins is back to direct this. Uh, I think she's a pretty good director overall. She's had some hits here and there. Um, she also did the story yeah, for it, this one. Yeah, that's what I'm worried yeah, about that's for not, her future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little concerned for Patty Jenkins at this point, but still, I did like Wonder Woman a lot. Um, you know, Gal Gadot's back reprising her role as Wonder Woman. Chris Pine's back. That's going to be a whole thing we're going to spend a lot of time talking uh, he, about. He's, Chris Pine is back, but is Steve Trevor really back? <laughs> well, we also have to talk about the moral implications, which I know is going to be a lot of time. They really, they really would be Goldberg and ghosted this entire movie. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, good poll. That's just a good way to put it. Very good poll. But yeah, I should also say with Patty Jenkins as the director, she also did Monster in two thousand three, which is a pretty great film. So she she has a good record. But you know, sometimes you get you get lost in the the chaff and the waif, if you will. I don't know. I heard right. that they kind of just uh, gave her a lot of leeway, like the same thing they did to like Zack Snyder, where like they you had one movie that made money for us, so kind of just make your movie. Yeah, yeah, just do your thing. Uh, well. And I guess we have two great examples now of why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, to to be fair to to DC, uh, Zack Snyder like put up most of the money for those films. That's why he was able to direct them. 
Oh, really? That makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, he was he was like an executive producer, and he put up like a majority of uh, I think uh, for Man of Steel and for Batman v Superman. Why does that make me think less of him? <laughs> oh, because he's the kind of Batman fan that nobody likes. Also, yeah, I don't have a lot to think positively on him to begin with, so it's impressive. I mean, he's a fine person. I just I don't like any of his movies. Well, we yeah. open up on the movie with our first of two opening sequences. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this one. There's like it's uh, it's Olympics Day on Themyscira. Lady Ninja Warrior. <laughs> yeah, basically. There's this big, like, stadium that has, like, all these, like, obstacles, and is it, am I the only one who thought when, like, they were, like, running up the walls, like, everything looked so fake, like, they didn't really move, like, get some of the people from Ninja Warrior in there to do some real tricks, get the people from Cirque du Soleil, like they did for Fury Road, to do some of that stuff in front of an actual camera. Yes, the lack of practical effects in that entire opening sequence was kind of like a giveaway that we weren't going to be in that world at all ever again in the movie. What are you talking about? The opening looked like a PlayStation 2 cutscene, and it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Also, it has that the, the kiss of death to what I usually feel like is going to be a bad cheesy movie, which is a narration from the main star, so... Like, they don't, they don't even need her, okay, this is the weird thing, they have her say, like, I remember my youth and uh, the days of yore or whatever. Like, she didn't have to say shit, because they don't cut it to another scene at all, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Just make it a, 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 go serious man with it, just do it and get out of there. And yeah, it's not, it doesn't really, like, it doesn't, without it, you would still understand the scene fine. Like, it's not, oh, you're not going to assume that little girl is a young Diana you already had the years ago thing like like subtitle or whatever yeah and you already have like hippolyta and antiope which are that Mm -hmm. and you know you're (laughs) watching a wonder woman movie yes yeah the classics which is uh (laughs) it's good they're there still so i guess i don't mind that as much and i will say the opening scene in the contest it's pretty fun it's not bad but then when you keep looking at the timestamp and see that the movie's two hours and 30 minutes long, you're like, okay, there's definite things we could cut here, people. I, I was very upset when I saw the runtime of this movie. <laughs> everyone, and it so doesn't... Everyone should be very upset. It so doesn't need to be two hours and 30 minutes long. You could easily cut 45 minutes out of this movie and lose nothing. I could say you could probably cut two and a half hours out of this movie and lose nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Brandon, there. are there, there's a, there's there, some good parts. There, yeah, there, there, there are that. some scenes that I will I will champion. I I know this is this is getting a little early. I'm gonna recommend this film because there are just some scenes that I will champion today. I, I I you know what I'm gonna twist it up and say that you might be surprised about what I think of this movie then, but I'm gonna spend a lot of it making fun of it because it is no matter how you look at this movie, if you enjoyed it or not, it is a hot mess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so we get past that first scene that uh, it, it, it's a race, race, like an in some kind of like triathlon sort of thing they have to go through this i would say uh, it's an amazing race even yeah Yeah. no it is tv's the amazing race you gotta (laughs) you gotta ride on horses you gotta shoot things with a bow and arrow and okay uh, very quickly diana gets distracted on the horse and she gets knocked off and then she's like oh i need to find a way back to the horse yeah she was in front but like as they're on the horseback they have to archer certain markers as they're going along and she totally misses one and she knows she misses it 
but she takes like a shortcut to get back to her horse because yeah, you said she gets knocked off off her horse. And it was whole, it was all her fault because she was looking back at the other racers instead yeah. of looking ahead at like I, I focusing on the goal. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, she gets to the end where you'd like have to throw like a spear through the giant ring that they have in their op- where their obstacle course was. But she gets pulled away by her caretaker. Yeah, she's like, uh, what was her role in the comics? But she's kind of like her trainer slash like uh, second mom. I can't remember all the names, but like I know, like she got a like a bullshit platitude filled speech from both her first, like the (laughs) the lady at arms, and then her mother came down and said basically the same stuff. Oh yeah, any it's it's like any worthwhile goal has to be achieved through honest effort. There are no shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of info, like a lot of bullshit, talking about the truth, like little vague. It's supposed to set up the theme yeah. for the movie, but you're not really sure what they're trying to say about it. Entirely vague I mean, that... allusions to mm-hmm. the importance of like truth, which is not, which was not connected <laughs> to the. Race yeah, that not, we just saw. <laughs> it's also it's also not the message of the larger movie, like at all. No, it's just like just an excuse to use the lasso of truth as like the, you know, final weapon, if you will. Well, it should have been yeah. more like the truth should yeah, have God, been accepting so your limitations and accepting loss or defeat. But they they didn't. Yeah, want... and it's another thing too. Yeah, go ahead. Like Kindle mentioned earlier too, this is a very pro-capitalist neo-lib movie for sure. <laughs> I mean, not to get too political right away, but like it's that that thing that I love so much about liberals right now, where they just say shit like we have to be morally superior, and then you realize they live in America, so in no way is oh, yeah. a possibility. So why don't we do something like real it's, for it's once, totally... actually, instead of saying some <laughs> it, bullshit have actions that change? It's things. totally a movie that presents itself as like anti-capitalist, but it is super capitalist. Oh yeah. yeah. Like not just the fact Life that it's good, made by Warner Brothers in its message. <laughs> I actually yeah, wrote I, down I somewhere that it, it it distills the problems with capitalism down to some bad actors. It's not capitalism itself that's bad, <laughs> it's just some guys are jerks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we get past this whole opening sequence, which has nothing to do with the movie wait, and has wait. the usual... I, I, I did have a quick question, because I, I, maybe I didn't pay enough attention to the opening thing. Why, why is she the only, like, young child who's in this race? Everyone else is, like, an adult. That is See, I'm, I'm still confused, because um, I should have wa- should have watched the first movie, because the Wonder Woman I know was made out of clay, and she was kind of technically never a kid, but there's also, like, Wonder Girl, who was, like, Wonder Tot, who, like, was supposed to be a young Diana. She has a weird history. Yeah, Diana That's Diana is directly Clay. connected to the to the Amazons and then it's very like loosely tied to um myth. Um because Hippolyta is her mother, uh and and Antiope is like her like trip trainer basically in yeah. um and she's basically like the last remaining um woman of the Amazon warriors of like ancient times. So that's like where she mm. comes from comes from. So her childhood happened in this like female only, you know, kingdom basically. And then she I think she's the last surviving member 
And then, like, that's, like, how we get Wonder Woman. This is, you know, it's that's a complete bastardization of, like, the entire, okay, so you know, you're, you're story, doing, you're doing but better, it's closer than... Uh, you're doing a better job than the movie did. Yes. Yeah. You're trying. Yes. That's the big thing. Is you're trying. So Themyscira's gone but, in, this, in this world. There's no more Themyscira. I mean, there might be. I mean, we're gonna have a Wonder Woman three. I don't, I'm sure eventually. yeah, and I don't know what that is, truthfully. So I guess I, I also, I also don't yeah. care. That's just the island they lived on. It's, it's either Themyscira or Paradise Island. Are the two names for it? No, it's Themyscira. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so we get, yeah, we get past this opening sequence to the actual movie to the now, actual is, good opening. God, oh yeah, I like this it's, opening. It's it's so in your face about how 1980s it is that it's it, it first becomes annoying, but then it becomes joyful and how stupid. I mean, oh, I, I was like... I was instantly charmed by just like everything's everything's dripping in the 80s. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, it. It's colorful. It reminds me of like when a friend is committing to a bit that you really hate, and it's so, <laughs> it's like it's so stupid, and you hate it, and they just they commit to it so hard that by the end of it, you're like, okay, this is pretty funny. I like this. A yes, lot. it's the it's the property of it not of it being funny and then not funny and then funny again. Well, it, I just think it drove me crazy because with a name like Wonder Woman eighty four, you assume that this opening sequence was what the entire movie was going to be like. Yeah, that would have been so much more fun. Yeah. I really would have enjoyed that more. And it, it, it was to the point where like I thought the that group of teens going to that like that clerk and buying some goods from him, they're gonna be like, Man, this year nineteen eighty four sure is crazy. <laughs> like it was almost to that point and I loved it. So that was good. Um we get the big old mall fight scene. Yes. That is actually pretty well done. I like this is the thing. We we know superhero movies are overdone, but if you're gonna have like a bunch of goons doing a heist to begin, make sure that you let them do what they're doing, which is overact. <laughs> oh man, I love uh, this. Was the second time I watched it. I rewatched it last night. But there's like two of the villains are actually pretty competent. But there's the fat dude, the dude who like drops his gun, which is how they get oh, caught. Oh yeah, I... fucking weak link, man. Yeah, if there's one, one which of the is robbers, how every the... crack team of robbers gets caught is like one dummy in a wall. <laughs> yeah. And when he when he grabs the kid, his, yeah, his partner, they're like, "No, put the kid down, dude!" And he's yeah, and the entire just, time he's screaming, not "I'm not going back! I'm not going back!" Oh, it's also bonus. <laughs> Which... He looks like Zap Rousedower from the Final Sacrifice. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, for all those Mystery Science Theater three thousand fans out there, <laughs> God, what a funny episode! One of the best. Uh. Yeah, so they uh, they get busted by Wonder Woman. You get some more fun scenes of her house and all of her old pictures because she's old and lonely. Um, <laughs> can I just you know, say that's, that's how? Being. Can I just say in like this scene, one, it's just great that like the you know hero scene uh, in a movie that takes place in the eighties does happen in a mall, <laughs> like in the center <laughs> of it, um, just like shrouded in everything. Uh, and one note about the robbery itself, there were just black market artifacts in a barely locked room in a jewelry store. <laughs> yes, that was that was. Which like, does, that does feel very Can we talk about that? Like, the mall jewelry store somehow had this black market side business? <laughs> well, yeah, they, all, they, they were all items like that it went to the Smithsonian too. for identification. <laughs> yeah. And this is, uh, after they, they bust this, it goes to her job where she works, and then we get introduced, of course, to Barbara Minerva, played by Kristen Wiig. 
Uh, I'm going to say this now. There's two actors in this film, I feel, that are hamming it up and having a great time. And I think it's definitely Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. I, God bless them both, I say. I, I I loved Kristen Wiig in this movie. And I was so disappointed. Because in the beginning, I thought they were they were going to set up for this, like, this, this beautiful gay relationship. And then it never fucking gets there. Right? They have that the, the animosity when she becomes Chidra. Uh, no, no spoilers, but you know it's coming. <laughs> Uh, like, take that sexual energy and keep it going into a whole different way. Like, it would have been fun. They, and I do, I have this idea with this movie that Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal were sat down and said, you guys are in a laugh-out-loud comedy. Have a blast. <laughs> and they're like, you got it. And then they sat down Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, like, you are in the most serious drama we've ever found. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, and then they just let it fly. Like the music on set during during uh, any, any of Pablo Pascal and Kristen Wiig scenes was just the Benny Benny Hill theme, like they just <laughs> <laughs> yeah they could have been acting over that. Um, no, I mean, and I I agree in the chemistry between Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig. I thought was actually like just very good. Um, yeah, throughout because uh, and Kristen Wiig did a good job at like making Wonder Woman seem unlikable for just a little bit like she was so charming and endearing at so many different intervals that like that diana looked kind of like a bitch for a privilege when i started realizing yes because there's also a scene from the justice league cartoon where like wonder woman's hanging around in a mall for something like a, a like jc pennies or something for some reason some woman's like getting at the makeup counter trying some blush or something and Diana comes up to her like, Why would a woman try to cover up her natural beauty? And the woman just responds with like, Easy for you to say, Miss Cheekbones. <laughs> I mean, also a shout out to the animated uh, DC universe. If you haven't seen Justice League, Young Justice, or even I would say at this point, uh most of the animated films they've done, they're all pretty oh, yeah. like a lot better than their movies. Some for of them sure. this, this is like but... a side this is a side tangent of a side tangent, but uh, Justice League Unlimited is also great, and the last episode of that also serves as a finale to Batman Beyond, which is also fantastic. Oh yeah, that's another good one. And then of course Harley Quinn, but we've spent so much of this oh, yeah. talking about Harley Quinn. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, Diane, she's she's beautiful, she's immortal, <laughs> immortally young. <laughs> she has superpowers, yeah. she has yeah. a, like an awesome job in a nice apartment in a big city confident incredible war incredible wardrobe is it is it oh, diana yeah. or diana are diana. we still gonna come at, come at us it's diana, diana, diana prince <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I i do have a question real quick going back to uh barbara uh why is everyone else who works in the smithsonian like a high school student or at least act like <laughs> yeah, that yeah the asian dude with the <laughs> pop collar two pop collars <laughs> yeah two of them once again, seeing where our country is and knowing this is the 1980s and how we've employed people in the different positions over the decades, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, no doubt that probably was that structure back in the day. Uh, I mean, listen, all Ivy League schools are actually just uh, hall passes for the rich, let's be honest. Anyways, back to this. Um, they get the uh, the bunch of the artifacts and they start cataloging them and then they find a weird amethyst stone. Citrin. Kind of, uh, yeah, citrin. It's it was citrin. citrin. That's the one. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, and it's like uh, they instantly give you the, the exhibitions, like, oh, it's rumored to be this old wish stone, but that's all who. Oh, Brandon, the dream <laughs> stone. I know they say wish a lot, but they do call it a dream. Well, stone. because they try, they were trying um, to connect and, it to the comic books in some way. 
Because there is a oh, dreamstone yeah. yeah. in DC Comics. It doesn't do what this fucking thing does. <laughs> but I guess, Do you think they did like a screen test and they were like, it sounds weird when Pedro Pascal says dream. We have to have him say wish. Yeah, and then it's that same thing, too, of, like, I know the mother boxes are a real thing, but you don't have to put them in the film. It's so stupid. I mean, I think, <laughs> anyways, if that were a smarter movie, um, it'd be cool if they were, like, iPhones, like, the way they're drawn now, as just, like, the size of iPhones. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Um, with the Wish Stone, or the Dream Stone, I love, Excuse me. one of my favorite stupid scenes in this film is one of the guys picks up is like, well, I wish I had a coffee. And then the guy walks in and he's like, whoa, coffees. And, now, and it's so stupid. I love that so much. I wrote something down about that. He sips the coffee and he's like, ooh, hot. Is that the price he pays for the Wish? I think so. I, they, think I don't so. think they wanted to... I don't think they wanted to revisit him, so yeah. I think so. Yeah, we get it. His whole story and his arc are all in that one few seconds, which is beautiful. <laughs> you know, the um, problem... Yeah, I figure we should go probably... Ahead, keep going. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, well, I wanted to say something I had to say about Kristen Wiig's character, Barbara. Up to, like, the fir- through the first half of the movie, I don't think they had any dialogue written for her character. They just told Kristen Wiig, like, oh, do, do your little sketch- sketches out there. And it'll be funny for people. Because <laughs> it's See, all... the yeah, only the only reason why I know that that cannot be entirely true is because of the um, back and forth that went. Oh, scientists don't wear heels, and then Wonder Woman says sometimes they do. <laughs> and, like damn, God, and Kristen Wiig could have made that. Kristen Wiig could have made that scene happen, but Gal Gadot would not have come out with that response uh, <laughs> unscripted. So, but just, yeah, it's like scientists can be feminine too. But it's still, they you can, can have it all. You can still definitely tell they probably told her, like, yeah, if you feel if you feel something, just go with it. Like, you're acting with alongside a bunch of other people who don't have a comedy or an improv background, but uh, you can you can own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at this point, too, we are introduced to uh, Max Lord. Uh, everything about Max Lord. Well, we Lord see him in the opening montage, in the opening scene of the movie because he's doing his commercial about he has Black Gold yeah. uh, Cooperative, which is basically an oil company, but it's a co-op. Like, you buy shares in it, I guess. I don't know. I don't really understand how that works with something like oil, but it's just a dumb thing to get the company going, the movie going. They, they, they explained it vaguely enough. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a comic book movie. They don't need to go too hard into it. But uh, like I said, he, as soon as he hits the screen, he's just overacting in every scene. And here's what I wanted to talk about early. I saving for the podcast. My theory is that he was doing this back-to-back with the Mandalorian, and he's he's in that suit all day where he doesn't get to say mostly anything or really act like he wants to, and it's like, I can finally act again. So now he's just overcompensating by going as crazy as he can in every scene. <laughs> this, this role could be good, but it can be better. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, this role, what... this role is good, but it can be better, I believe. It could be better. <laughs> And it, you know what it is. I, I don't know, man. And I, I have uh, one thing to say about Maxwell Lord. And I, why is he not white? This villain should be like a white like, guy. I feel. But then, how well, do you feel bad yeah. for him at the end? Well, that's the fucking thing. Yeah, that's true. Why does he get a fucking uh, redemption? But Barbara doesn't get that. Cheetah doesn't get that. 
And Cheetah is far more sympathetic than he is. Because Cheetah was just the mid-boss. Yeah, she was the muscle. Yeah. Cheetah, Ch- Cheetah is the frenemy of this movie. I, you know, it's just... 100%. They channeled all of their sexual tension into just being frenemies instead. They, God damn it, that last scene would have been and so cool if... At, at no point, even with all of her powers, did she ever feel like a legitimate opponent. I will say it. <laughs> yeah. It was like and a foregone conclusion that that it wasn't going to work out for Barbara. Yeah, and it's it's that thing of like, you know when she gets to the to the whole, well, I guess we'll get there eventually with it, but like after she gets done with that fight, you know there's not going to be like a bigger fight. So at this point I'm like, well, I guess that that's yeah. about it for this film for the action scenes. Thing. Well, I guess we should get to like people starting so. to make use the wish stone for wishes. Because a bar yeah. who well, uses it first? Well, he decides to the the I think technically Wonder Woman does because uh, she like looks at the stone and looks off into the distance. And I think that's but she doesn't. She never says it, right? Right. Because I rewound this part of the movie like several times, saying like she must have said it. They must have put it in a scene of her literally saying, "I wish I had Steve Tressa back." That's not. <laughs> it's me, Calcutta. Hello. Very nice. I mean, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Let's make it more. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm Wonder Woman. Uh, but. <laughs> Hello. Um, so, Barbara, then I guess at some point, wishes to be uh, like, like her, and that it makes her, you know, uh, basically Wonder Woman. Same oh, yeah, she said she wanted that. to be, like, strong and sexy. Oh shit! Did that scene? When when did the catcalling thing happen? That was earlier after that they had happens dinner. first before and can can we okay yeah. can we talk about Cause that? Because yes. Oh, I was just gonna say that like she does say I want to be like Diana um, before you really meet Max, like before he comes mm. into the office. So I think that like yeah, I think that they go on their like lady date. <laughs> and and then that spurs yeah. part of it cuz i think cuz a couple a couple scenes prior um diana is just dining alone for no reason i guess just to show the audience how alone she is um, yeah even though she's and yeah, then she's i fine. didn't know she didn't seem like yeah, yeah no well no we we needed that scene where the waiter painstakingly takes every <laughs> other item off that table to show that she's alone I'm sorry we right, don't have a right. host at this restaurant so People sit down. <laughs> it, once again, it's another scene where it's over the top. We where just... I'm almost expecting the waiter just to be like, party of one, correct? <laughs> we just sat you at this uh, six top um, just so we could <laughs> remove every play setting. Um, well, and I, di- I had no idea why that scene was there until she's like out for an early dinner with Barbara. And it's like, oh, now she's not alone and she has a friend. But maybe, but maybe I'm giving the filmmakers like way too much credit there. <laughs> the first scene of dialogue right. in that scene, I, when like you see them having dinner, dinner is Diana saying, "I can't remember the last time I've laughed this hard," but she hasn't. She's not laughing. She doesn't even have a smile on her face. <laughs> it is very much uh, like a scene from the room when she says that. Yes. <laughs> uh, man, oh Donnie. Uh, anyways, to kind of get 
forward with the plot because we don't want to make this a two and a half hour well, podcast. No, no, episode. no. This, this is a very important scene. We didn't talk about Kristen Wiig giving food to her homeless friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was nice. And then after that, getting harassed by the one drunk who uh, might have something happened to him. Well, I was... I, so when when Diana like pushes him like twenty feet away and he hits that trash can, I was like, okay, who gets charged for that murder? Because he definitely has internal bleeding now. Hey, he, yeah. he's an alcoholic. He can handle he it. He's an, <laughs> he's an alcoholic. I think, and I think him. It. Go ahead. I I think I think Barbara giving stuff to the homeless man that she knows prompted me to write the note. Barbara is nice, question mark? Oh, and, and he was reading Waiting for Godot, so you know he's not a junkie homeless man. Yeah. He's, a, he's oh, one maybe, of the well, best homeless make... people. One, no, of, the, one was... of the good pores, yeah. you know? Good old, good, old, good old Waiting for Gal Godot. Yeah. Do you think that was a stupid joke they were trying to make I, in the I, film? If, if they weren't, it was... No, they that had to That seems far too clever for them. They had to have done yeah. it on purpose. Yeah, we didn't have a scene, at least, where he was reading the book and behind him was a homeless man getting a crack rock from Ronald Reagan himself saying, well, I think this will be good for your yeah. community. <laughs> um, anyways, we... Uh, yeah. I hate that stupid son of a bitch. I'm glad but he's so there, the, Anyways, There's a big uh, party at the Smithsonian, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, big party. They're all meeting up. Max Lord's there. We have good old Barbara Minerva. And then uh, uh, Diana shows up. Um, while this is all going down, I guess her wish comes true, uh, when we get to see, okay, this is, we're gonna have to spend a lot of time talking about the logistics behind this and how amorally or morally yeah. wrong this is, um, uh, actor Christo- uh, Christopher, uh, Paloha, he's been in a few things, um, I guess gets spirit jacked by, uh, I, I kept calling, I kept calling it quantum leap. He quantum leaped into yeah, that's a good way of putting it. this guy's body because for you know, first it's just some yeah. random guy like you've never seen before, but he gives like his watch to her right. Oh wait, that yes. was another thing. How come his he... original watch is tied to his life force? It starts ticking uh, I, again I like as soon I think as he it's comes just back. The fact that he wears a watch. It, no, it's no, someone like his original watch that's next to his to whoever wrote this. And they thought, I gotta put one of those in my movie. (laughs) You know, all we have is time. Whoa. Um, Yeah, so he gets spirit hijacked, and they they don't spend any time, or quantum leap, I like that a lot better. Um, They don't spend any time thinking, like, is this a morally right thing to do? They instantly go to Bangtown. Which is like okay, so now I have to like fight with inside my mind. Like, is this is this non consensual? Like uh, intercourse with a, a hijacked spirit body. Like this ain't this ain't right. Yeah, they dog. don't seem to this have any anything. like concern that like okay, this dude had like a life. Like he had a big apartment, so he probably had a job. He probably had family. No, Could have even had a fucking girlfriend or a wife. They. Didn't. No, you you didn't hear Chris Pine talk about him. He said he was probably an engineer. He had lots of pictures of himself. He's basically already dead. Yeah, because we know that the most evil thing you can do is love yourself or be proud. He's got of a lot of exactly. different, like, yeah, off. styles of clothing. I, but I will I will say that I will say that no man in a relationship has an apartment filled with pictures of himself. Yeah, so I guess we do get the idea that he was a serial killer as well. <laughs> um, like a kind of like a dentist type from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, they they go straight to Banktown uh, right before this happens. To uh, Max Lord steals the the Dreamstone from Barbara because she's like, "Oh, men like me now, so I'll do whatever they want." And I'm like, "That's kind of aggressive. Who cares?" Um, he walks off with the stone, and that night he makes a wish to become the Dreamstone. And this is this is the exact moment in the movie when I know, like, okay, we this is gonna be a crazy. Well, that was the <laughs> old, one. There's the no one way. clever time the wish mechanic was used. Like him wishing to become the Dreamstone. Yes. I I agree with that, but I instantly could read the room of like, okay, this is going to be a wish movie, and I do not like wish movies. Like, simple as that. It's just, it's always going to be stupid when wishes are involved. I mean, and also... It sounds like you don't like any of the... They also mention the monkey's paw several times, and that breaks the rule of like, don't mention a better work in your work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. I bet they were going in every day and being like, man, Monkey Paw is such a piece of shit. We got the real story here. Yeah. The only one I can think of better is Monkey Bone. <laughs> oh. John Turturro, yeah. Do you think Monkey Bone... Brandon Do you think Frazier. Monkey Bone was supposed to be a play on Monkey Paw? I, I, no, I don't no. think they thought about it that much. No. Okay. I've thought about a Monkey Bone a lot in my life. Um, <laughs> but not enough to also, look that up. I would like to... I would like to add into this moment that it this at this point in the movie we are like an hour an hour and 15 minutes in so it took that long until the actual main conflict oh, <laughs> arises yeah and wonder woman has not yeah. shown up since oh. that op- that second opening mall scene it's, a, no, it's all been it's Diana. just like a sad <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, it's the the pacing and timing of this movie is completely wild. Like, they um once again, this is one of my favorite things in the film. They start having to solve where the Dreamstone went off to. So, uh, you know, Steve and Wonder Woman go off to the Black Gold Initiative offices after piecing together it was him. Um, and that's where the first, or that's the second time we see the Oil Economist magazine. <laughs> got whoever named that just. God damn, you suck at your job. You're bad. Yeah, the, <laughs> You're not good. The prop department had to make like a thousand eighties things. Cut them a little slack. Yeah, at least make it like eighties. They didn't. Kind of they thing. didn't know that that magazine was going to be shown twice in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah They're like, oh damn, we made all these props. Which one are we gonna use? Well, yeah, and Max has also been going around doing his like. I wish the my company would thrive. Don't you wish that? While touching someone and when they say, of course I do. That counts as their wish, I guess. Which is why I still don't yeah. understand why yeah. Wonder Woman didn't, like, have to say her wish. Yeah, this, okay, this movie has two issues going on with consent, which I realize is really <laughs> weird. Which is the, the spirit body hijacking and uh, consent behind that. But also, like, he's kind of, like, wish-raping people, which I don't like either. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, it's, it's well, he's not. Just, well, like, there he's just tricking them. Yeah, there he's, I, I guess There he's just, like, openly tricking them into saying whatever, like, he wants them to wish for. And they are none the wiser because they don't know that they have like lost anything, you know. And that's yeah. it's just a, yeah. that's just like a pure grift. I'm I, I'm yeah. not saying like the <laughs> as wish pure stuff. as grifts can be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not saying the wish stuff necessarily has to have logic, but can we just give it up for like how efficient this stone is? Because like he yeah, it gets the job. He done. touched that dude who was threatening to like. I guess sue him because he was defrauding him. Oh yeah, like he yeah. touched that dude and was like, "Simon, you're going to get taken away real quick." And then, 
And then the FBI is there like 20 seconds later. And it's like, did those people materialize? Were they already on their way there? And the wish just like solidified? It like, with how does so that many work? wishes. Like it does like things must have already been in motion. Yeah. To make any sense. Yeah. So maybe it's just good timing. Uh, we also have to talk about another quick weird aside, which is uh, Pedro Pascal's child in this film. Which is... Terrible child actor. It, he's... They could not have found a single child who looked like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This like, movie cost $200 million. Where did they get this kid that doesn't look <laughs> like his dad? Listen, it's, it, it is kind of, like, slightly racist to, like, have it where it's, like, a person of color is his kid and not think, like, they could still look kind of like him. Like, that's not out of the question. <laughs> like, you could... Well, this could... isn't Brandy's Cinderella. We can't just... Yeah. <laughs> randomly yeah. <laughs> combine ethnicities, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a weird aside. I feel like I, I thought about too much, but I didn't really need to. Uh, I, let's focus more on his acting. I mean, yeah. I just the whole time was like hope. I I wanted that kid replaced with a puppet because Pedro Pascal <laughs> is much better when he's acting opposite a puppet. Yeah, make it a Muppet. I mean, like that could have been his wish, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, like, Daddy, I want to be a Muppet. Like, what if, you, see, I don't you understand. What that kid would have wished. Go ahead. What what if you would have wished? Like, I wish my daddy loved me, and that just made him into Baby Yoda. <laughs> that would have been really good. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to right, and I'm going to um, backtrack on what I said. This movie is entirely a fantasy, so it really doesn't matter what anybody's uh, nationality actually is. But it, it, the fact that it is a movie means that everyone <laughs> in it should be able to act. I've... That is. <laughs> <laughs> What if the movie's just so off-kilter they just made Danny DeVito his child? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that would have been so... Like, <laughs> hey, Dad. He's wearing... Pedro Pascal's original... He's got a beanie. Would you Pascal's be more? Or... He's got, like, a propeller oh, beanie yeah. and one of those I'm giant mad. lollipops. <laughs> yeah, then we know it's a kid. <laughs> but, what if, but what if... But what if Steve Trevor inhabited Danny DeVito's body <laughs> and we have to believe oh, yeah. that Wonder Woman has just been palling around with Danny DeVito for the whole move. Like, see, would you be more or less mad that it was just, I, like, hot white dude adjacent to um, Chris Pine, you know, versus, like, Danny DeVito? I, 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 if they made it where his body was Danny DeVito, I would be pushing this film for the Oscars already. <laughs> oh, God, it would have been so much better if it was Danny DeVito. It would have been like, oh, my God, Steve, you're so much more attractive than I remember. Would have been so good. <laughs> well, yeah, because then they would have had to deal with the whole body thing. <laughs> yeah. And how great would that be where like he's just like, Diana, can I offer you an egg in these couple of times? <laughs> I dropped my well, condom my favorite lines for my magnum monster. dog. <laughs> I, I dropped my magnum condom for my monster dog. Yeah, get the line right. Um, it would be yeah, great to have all of the um, extras just like turning their heads to look at them in every scene and just <laughs> confused the entire movie. Like, how'd she get him? <laughs> Anytime they're running, she would oh, have I to do. be carrying him like a baby. <laughs> just for one scene, he's dressed like his penguin role for no well, reason. Well, that's just Danny DeVito wearing a tuxedo now. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I did want to put one note out there, I forgot, during the party, which is going back a little bit, but I do like that they hint that uh, Max Lord was doing a bump of cocaine before, <laughs> uh, because Barbara goes, hey, there's a little uh, dust on your shirt, and he wipes it off. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. Yes. I like and that. then I when mean, he becomes the stone, his office is just covered in dust, because I, I definitely <laughs> wrote down, cocaine dusty office. I guess I didn't notice that. <laughs> But there was one thing that I noticed that stupid, but it was a newspaper clipping about the robbery of the store in the mall from the beginning of the movie, but it looked like it was like really old. Like it was all yellowed and shit. Oh yeah, you're right. That is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even catch what? that, but that's once again this prop department is maybe my main issue with this film now. <laughs> you see, if uh, and if yeah, so oh, never mind, we... this doesn't matter, go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, I gotta, we got to move this plot so we don't get stuck in the two-hour loop oh, yeah. for it. Uh, so he goes around, and he's he's granting wishes left and right, and finally our team figures out that he's uh, headed off to... What's Cairo, the country? Uh, no, I don't want to be a bad right? guy. It's Egypt. Yeah, he's heading off to Cairo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. I, I just didn't want to say Iran, because I instantly assumed that, because they did the whole yellow tint for the, you know, you're in the Middle East. They didn't do on. that whaler, though. That... Um, <laughs> they could hey, have. Hey, no, progress, everybody. Progress. It's 2020. Yeah, no, it's 2021. We don't need that anymore. It wouldn't be. An, it wouldn't be an 80s movie if they didn't find some way to deride the Middle East. So, <laughs> yeah. And then at this point, this is where we have the really stupid gift wishing, where he like convinces the the leader to have the country turned back over to him, but it it builds this huge wall and causes all these conflicts. Yeah, a magic wall just pops up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it just pops up. There's like a car on top of it, which is kind of you know, silly. It's fine. I again, like the logistics of the magic wall make way more sense to me than the FBI being there immediately to arrest that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's usually what the FBI and the CIA is doing, uh, especially if it's an insurgency they can uh, encourage in the Middle East in 1980. They're definitely going to do that. Um, once again, going back to this film, though, not mm-hmm. reality, uh, we have it where she chases him down. They get into this fun, cool fight. Well, yeah, they had um, to take a jet all, all the way to Cairo, and they had they yeah. had that invisible yeah, jet scene. Oh, I, I, I forgot that part because it was so stupid. My brain wanted to write it out of my memory. Um, you but forgot that, but we get. Okay. Oh, no, no, I mean, but I, I, I for one, very much enjoyed enjoyed that scene because Steve is just so horny for planes. Like, yes, <laughs> I may, bless him. I may have misheard the line, but I think he says, "Look at these gams." He did. He okay. on, I, I rewound to make sure that I heard that correctly. Yes. Uh, he's horny for planes, and then somehow any pilot can just immediately translate their skills to another plane? Well, yeah. But, I was going to say, like, he was a World War One pilot, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, planes have changed. He was marveling at the advancement in the technology of these planes, and then suddenly he can just, like, slide into the cockpit. He tries, like... Two switches, which were wrong, magically finds the three right ones and then can fly a plane that he, like, wouldn't have believed existed, you know, five minutes yeah. before. He, it's insanity. And he says those dumb lines It about, is less like, believable than the plane becoming invisible. And he says those dumb lines about, like, oh, you just gotta catch the wind, you know? It's like, no, it's the laws of aerodynamics. It's science. You, you don't will an airplane into the sky. About pressure building up it's below wings like enough to press you... it up. 
Or do yeah, you? you? Or do you? <laughs> I mean, this movie positive. It, it is this you thing. Do. Just, just yeah. gotta catch the wind. I, I want to touch on the scene because it, it's so stupid to me too. Because they, the scene where he has the two buns he hits and they're the wrong ones means the writers' room knew this was stupid, but they're like, okay, here's the thing. Like he's not good at it first, but then he gets it after that. <laughs> like, like that's even worse to me somehow than him just being able to fly it right away with no issues. My my issue with the scene was like Diana's like a really smart like she thinks about things. What was her plan here? Why did she why did she suddenly remember that like oh yeah radar exists they're they're going to be able to find us no matter what. It's like he came into the picture and she suddenly became an idiot cuz like she's completely yeah. distracted from saving the day at that party when like when Max Lord gets the wish stone in the first place and she knows that something is up. I mean why um, does the Smithsonian then... <laughs> which is where they got the plane from the aeronautics division of the Smithsonian have radar to track crap like that uh i mean i'll give it just like comic book movie like you know it's i fine. mean it's it's whatever i mean why do they have people randomly hanging out in the in the fucking flight tower at night yeah yeah making their stupid shitty jokes <laughs> it was just to oh, shoehorn boy. in the idea of an invisible jet yes yes i mean that's exactly why they did all that and finally to get back she doesn't catch him when they're in cairo they get back to the united states because they figure out that he's going to go to the well, president they did, we get our first action um, scene in the movie in cairo when they encounter him yeah. technically they just happen to drive by him on the road like that's how, how they find him yeah that's kind of fun <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, that it doesn't go that well. She gets or he gets away because she has to save Steve. Another thing where it's like Steve just holding her back this whole film because it's the whole wish thing that's stupid. I mean, but she also we'll she also had to play the she also had to save those children who were playing in the road. Oh, and she's been losing her powers yeah. slowly, very oh, yeah. fucking slowly. Yes. yes, like she has most of her powers yeah. throughout Too the slow. majority of the movie, but she's not bulletproof anymore. Yeah. She can be yeah. nicked by a bullet, but yeah. two trucks cannot crush her. <laughs> yeah. um, meanwhile, while they have to pass some time for them to get back to the States to stop them from getting to the White House, we get back to Barbara saying that she's discovering she has these powers, but also, this is this is the confusing part. They're supposed to make us feel like she's the bad guy, and I know Martin's going to have a lot of opinions to talk about this, which I'll probably agree with. Because the one cat caller comes yeah. back to him, mm -hmm. and this time she just beats the shit out oh. of him. And like we're supposed to feel like she's the bad guy, but I'm like, no, you keep going. See, I mean, that, totally, that's just bad yeah. filmmaking. And like the the, the waiting yeah. for Godot homeless guy sees it happen, but it is still like, yeah, the guy's a fucking creep. Fuck him. This should be like, yeah, he 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 tried to assault me the other night. Of course, like yeah. If anything. I was I was really hoping when she said like you know I could do this all night I thought it was gonna cut to like the next morning and she's eventually like just kicking a smear <laughs> down the road. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> and this is another thing. His body's ripped away from his spinal cord. The, the one, <laughs> the one homeless man she helped earlier that gave her the food and he's supposed to have an, a reaction that tells us that she's the bad guy. His line is just like one step away from being like, oh well, listen, Barbara, if you don't like that, vote. Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's so bad. I hate it. Um, but yeah, that's how we're supposed to know she's the bad guy, even though it doesn't really Also, she's the, the um, and then, character who's listed as Cheetah in the credits, so... 
Yes. yes. So we know it's coming. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, also, also, we don't get confirmation that that uh, character died. So I, this is my headcanon, that he eventually moved to Metropolis and then died in 2010 at the events of Man of Steel. And he survived Wonder <laughs> yeah, Woman which is awesome. pushing him. And, like, he seems yeah. to be a pretty indestructible guy. Well, in Martin's well, see, when you're very drunk, <laughs> your, body, your body is limp. It's so I would imagine that sometimes, you know, it's like it's like it's better to be very, very drunk if you're in a car accident because your body's limp. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. This this is something that's like it, it goes throughout the entire film. There's only like two good men yeah, in this movie. Steve Trevor yep. and yep. whoever Steve Trevor possessed. And I, I, I actually have a thing. I, we'll talk about it at the end. But yes, those are the only two. Yeah. Well, no, the, I yeah. guess the homeless guy too. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, he seemed like a pretty everyone. Good dude. Every other man is just fucking horny or yelling at someone. Yes, and it's lecherous just bad. or angry. Well, every dude or, does, like stares yes. at Diana anytime they walk past her. And I, I guess it captures the '80s well, but it's also like, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's we we know what happened. We don't have to go. Back you know, no, there was never a scene where um, like someone like was wearing sunglasses and some babe walked by and he lowered the sunglasses to get a better look at it. I would like. They should. They should have had that, that scene. That scene. That scene should have happened when Kristen Wiig was uh, fucking weightlifting. Yeah. Oh god. That well, they perfect. played that. That was, that was a <laughs> that was a fun Bow scene. Song. It doesn't matter for anything. Oh, at some yeah. point. At yeah, some point, do. Diana. <laughs> At some point, Diana could have just Bruce Almighty to Barbara's skirt or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm happy that yeah, scene it's... is so horribly iconic that all of you knew what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, there was the scene, yeah. also the scene when Kristen Wiig was doing the powerlifting, like, realizing her how strong she was now. And yeah. she was wearing that uh, unitard that looked very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, that was that was all women's workout apparel in the eighties. Yeah, you I were know, either I, in like full sweats, head to toe, or you were basically naked. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's I, I do feel like that's at least slightly accurate for the time period. But to like get back on track with the plot where we left off, they've finally landed back, and they know they have to get to the White House because they figured out that Max Lord's going to go to the president. Oh, they haven't figured that out yet. You're missing the entire subplot about going to that guy who. Oh yeah, the stoner shaman guy. Yeah. Oh, and I still when Barbara's still like on the side, like investigating with him. Yeah, I I I left a note here because Kristen Wiig earlier calls them and tells them like I've been researching the stone. It's it's in all of these societies that were ruined. And at one point she she says uh, Kush four A D, and I was like, nice. Oh, I laughed so hard (laughs) when they talked about like yeah, it was shown by Romulus, the last empire. Emperor of Rome, all in civilizations that collapsed for no one really knows why. It just suddenly did. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We totally know why most of those civilizations civilizations collapsed. There's so or do we? We've got we've got BBC miniseries about it. And that's another thing, too, is uh, I forgot earlier in the film when we find out that it was, like, an artifact made by Dolus, who's, like, the Lord of Lies. He's, like, the Loki uh, for this, when Wonder... <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's very similar. Uh, but I love that she drops it like she was really disgusted by it for a second. And I'm like, is she, like, a god? Also, like, did you know, I didn't bring this up earlier, but the Dreamstone was very phallic 
in the Dreamstone like ring, the ring looked like a fucking cockring. Mm-hmm. It definitely did. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's got it's got cockring. That's you know what, that's, that. I'd say it's big enough to be a God's cockring. Yeah, you know what? They could do whatever they want. Why not? I I hope God. Would um, have so a big yeah, they go to the Mystic. Me though. I well, a God, not the God. Okay. I mean, we don't know what the God God's of small dick because he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, maybe he really likes being like the smallest dick ever. No, he's the biggest he small dick ever. That's uh, his thing. I mean, if we are going with the Christian Judaic God, that does actually feel pretty correct. <laughs> um, we we get back to the whole mystic, and then it it's so stupid. They realize it's a wish, and Barbara like speeds off when they heal or hear that they have to give up what they have, and it's like, okay, well, we know where this is going from here. Mm-hmm. This is when they realize they have to get to the White House. Um, I forgot the exact reason, but it's something stupid that somebody said. Yeah. Uh. I, 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 oh, no. Uh, they, like, see they see Max Lord, like, driving on the monitors because he's the only one who's driving on the road because he made his driver make a wish. Yeah. Like, wish that oh, there was right. better. The traffic wasn't so bad. Oh, I wish, oh, wish that wish traffic. wish that uh, you, everything would part in front of you like the Red Sea, I believe, is close he, to what uh, the line got, was. Max Lord has a flowerful way of talking. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets there, and then we have the President of the United States. Who I wish uh, had done. Which is clearly supposed to be Ronald well, I wish Reagan. they'd done more of, like, a Reagan. I wish they'd gotten Michael Showalter playing Reagan for this part. Oh, it would have been that so been amazing. Michael Showalter. <laughs> I, I, was, well, I really wanted them to, like, tone up the dementia. Because they do it a little bit, but they also, like, try to make it respectful. And I was, I was not about that. Yeah, they don't give him the name, but he also does mention Star Wars, so you know it's supposed to be Reagan. Yeah. But they're like doing that thing that we always do, or we don't just say it's a piece of shit Reagan. Um, also, one of the president's mentioned wishes, like the scene jumps to the president wishing for a sex tape to be gone. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, uh, boy. Like he's, like he's one of his main wishes, if not his only wish, was to have a sex tape go bye-bye. Yeah, I remember hearing like... that. The... <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so he finally gets his hands on the president, and he gets, like, a bunch of nuclear armaments for the United States uh, as retaliation to the Russians, so that means that uh, right now Phyllis Schaffly is uh, having a good time. Oh, I do want to say that um, <laughs> the scene when he's in the White House is when Maxwell Lord's nose, I waited for this the entire movie, when his nose finally starts bleeding. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Because yeah, like, he's got wish cancer well, now? Yeah, it's basically a callback. Like, Maxwell Lord in the comics, he has slight uh, mind control powers, but anytime he uses them, it usually makes his nose bleed. Oh, okay. That's a fun little thing. They well, I was the waiting the entire... Um, like, if you know one thing about Maxwell Lord, you know those those two things. Also, that I thought maybe Wonder Woman is going to kill him because Wonder Woman did kill Maxwell Lord in the comics. She snapped his neck. Damn. And I think they oh, set well, that bet, up better bet, than they set it up in Man of Steel. That's, that's the thing. I bet they felt they couldn't do that because they were like, oh, they're just going to say we're pulling a Zod. Yeah. I mean, I knew yeah. they weren't going to do it, but if Can't they had done twice. it, regardless of all the bad stuff in the rest of the movie, this would have been movie of the year for me. Yeah, <laughs> it would. Oh god! It, oh this this movie would have been my number one for 2020 if, as soon as Max Lord reunited with his kid, Diana just came up behind him and broke his fucking neck <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah. created a and new supervillain. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> Should I go with the dark joke where she just leans over and is like, don't worry, he was Palestinian, and then just runs off. Um, <laughs> oh. Sorry. She, Israeli I actress Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but she hasn't really, you know, voiced up her concerns about her past on that, so that's why I get to make that joke. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, no she, she's not great. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. This movie isn't bad because she's a woman. It's bad because... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, previous issues with uh, own decisions in life. Um, so this is another stupid scene where they're talking about the satellite, and then they say, "Yeah, the particles like touch yeah. everything because you know we have to be able to confer how it works." Yes. And then, like, literally, it's like one. It's basically one note away from him, like getting an eye boner of like, "Whoa, double take to get to that satellite." Um, they chase him some more, but he gets there before they can, like, kind of stop him because uh, Barbara comes back to fight Wonder Woman, um, saying, like, oh, yeah, I want to keep my wish. It's pretty cool. And she's like, no, don't do it. She's like, I don't know. Pretty cool. Yeah, they said, like, the price uh, she paid was giving up her, like, warmth and humanity, but we, I really don't feel like we saw her enough. Like, we, like the one thing we had was her taking food to the homeless guy. That's yeah. pretty much it. Other than that, she seemed kind of sad. That, yeah, no, she's just yeah. she's just like a very like passive nebbish person, and like she she was nice, but it's like if anything, the stone just made her really assertive and like made her, made her a girl boss. Good, oh good job, God, movie. she she's she's yeah. who who was a uh, Catwoman in Batman Returns? Yeah, she's like oh, yeah, Selena Kyle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle at the beginning of that movie. Yeah, that I would agree with that concept because uh, it's a very similar kind of story as well. But uh, once again, Batman Returns—that's that's way better, man. I love that movie. <laughs> way, way better. Executed. Hey, we can't, Brandon. You want this episode to be and two you know, hours and long? You know we can why? Just start listing you all the why? movies that are better than this. You know why it's better? Because that yeah. movie does have Danny DeVito in it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> we well, found the missing link. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. I mean, there's very few movies you could find that would not be enhanced with the Danny DeVito. I just feel that way. Um, so yeah, Barbara beats the shit out of Wonder Woman and they escape. And this is when she also realizes that she has to renounce her wish. So she's like, see you later, Steve. Well, and Steve's like, yeah, I get it. That's the um, craziest thing. They, it was I mean, Steve's idea. <laughs> it, it was it was Steve's idea. My, my question is, yeah. in the first Wonder Woman film, because again, I didn't see it, did, didn't they have a tearful goodbye? Thing? Probably. Yes, I mean, because it is because it, it's well, he sacrificed himself, and it was assumed that they would never see each other again because he like basically like disappeared, and so it was basically like this goodbye was kind of him like just dying all over again, which I uh, for as many like weird or like uh, middle things I have to say about this movie, I was actually, like, kind of emotionally affected at that scene. Like, I, <laughs> I did find yeah, myself they, I mean, suddenly suddenly getting very emotional uh, at this goodbye between two people who I were not particularly invested well, in, they, but I think that they did a good job Godot with, like, Pine the material that they chemistry. had and making it seem genuine. Godot and Pine yeah. just yeah. have really good chemistry. That's why they brought had to bring him back for this movie i still don't understand why they had to quantum leap him into someone why he couldn't just be magically back like he has a body now for some reason like it's... yeah the the wishes have really 
Actually, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And this is the part that really breaks it, because all you have to do is say, I renounce my wish. Yeah, that is... Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, this is from, like, way earlier in the movie. He's, like, describing to her what it was like in between him dying and him being there. And he just said he, like, flew up in the air, and then it was nothing. Does that confirm that the DC universe doesn't have an afterlife? No, because he did say, like, I I don't remember, but I know it was a nice place. I know it was a nice place that I was at. He says that, too, so I felt it was more confirming there's a heaven, but if you come back to life, you don't get to remember heaven, because God is great. (laughs) Yeah, and... You even lift Uh, your hands in praise, bro? Well... We have to talk about something even more crazy. So if this wasn't crazy enough where we find out she has to renounce her wish and see if it goes bye-bye, then she's like, you know what? I feel like I could fly. <laughs> Just we. This is such a weird scene. I can't wrap my mind around it still. Like, why they decide to slot this in right here. In yeah, point. like it's because of Steve. Like, Steve teaches her how to fly. Again, yeah, that dumb, <laughs> those dumb platitu- platitudes, those platypuses. Those dumb flying platypuses <laughs> said some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, shit, is that really? Wait, was that really why she like was able to fly? Yeah, because yeah. they had him oh, they literally there. played his voiceover saying those lines about flying's not so hard. You just gotta catch the wind. Okay. I I, I I didn't get that the first time around, and now I feel like it's so much stupider. It is because stupid, I, yeah. I could I could have gotten like I I thought maybe she was like, Yeah, you know what, I, I like jumping around better. Because, like, Wonder Woman can canonically fly, but... Uh, yeah, and I was not, like... Okay, I, I'm sorry. I asked my... I watched this with my family, and I asked at the beginning, like, can she fly in this one? They were like, no. Like, okay, good. Because I thought, like, okay, like, uh, nerf her a little bit. So that she's not just, like, Superman, yeah. but female. Mm. And I do want to say this. What's more of an iconic feminist message than having your twice-dead boyfriend come back to say, you know what, baby, you can't fly. Your boyfriend who's... Yeah, (laughs) who has been dead for, like, 50 years, and you, like, are so distraught you don't even have friends. Yes. That's, Mm. That's the powerful feminist message. Never get over a man as soon as he comes back in your life. Give up everything for him, and then make him be the one to decide to leave so you can get back to doing what's important. Yeah. Such a weird film, man. It's such a weird movie. Uh, also, she lassoed lightning. I thought, like to use it to like get yeah, to Air yeah. Force. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't personally have a problem with that. She's a descendant of the That's gods. Fine. It's cool. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Reminds me of that Disney movie Tall Tales, though. Oh yeah, she she lassoed some lightning in the first film too. By the way, oh, That's that fine. guy. Um, but but I'm that. Guy. I did hate so the way it looked was, anytime like, she used the lasso to like jump in the sky. I always thought that looked really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the CGI is not too hot in this film. Uh, but I thought she was flying to have the final showdown with uh, Max Lord and Cheetah, as that's going to happen. Uh, but she actually goes back <laughs> yeah. home so that she can do the Chekhov's gun with the Styria armor, so she grabs that. And then she gets back to the, the compound where they have the satellite. And this is a really stupid thing because... Uh, you you have to weigh two things here, which is she has like the super armor mm-hmm. that's supposed to make her more powerful, but it doesn't seem like it does shit. Yeah. So is it either that the armor is shitty, or is it like the Chiba is supposed the Asteria armor like, was something that didn't need to be in the movie, and I bet there was probably more to it, but because they couldn't get rid of it yeah. because it's in the in ending of the movie. 
Mm. If yes. they, if like she weren't wearing that armor at the end, they probably would have just completely cut it. But you can't, and I bet there's probably meant to be more because that just co- comes out of left field. Like he finds the armor, like Steve Trevor points it out in her like little like beautiful mind room. Oh yeah, and like then she shows yeah. him the little thing, like what it was, and like why is this here? Like the armor doesn't seem to serve any purpose. Which yeah. is sweet armor. Uh, Luke, I'll, I'll be honest. If I had the money, I'd have a suit of armor in my house. Yeah. It was really just so the there could club. be, like, a really sweet bird and cat fight. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, that was a... Very Looney Tunes. That, that was a note I had for that fight. Uh, if at any point they did the fusion dance, they would have become Goldar from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Did anybody oh, else yeah, think I it was super that. stupid how, like, they made Cheetah a Cheetah Lady? With another oh, wish. Oh, yeah, where she's, she's just casually like, I want to be an apex predator. You see, I don't even see why she had to be a cheetah lady. I think her just, like, wearing, like, the cheetah print. Like, that, that like, leather jacket with the studs in the cheetah skirt. She looked cool like that. Oh, I think shit. that should have been what she was. I, I know we're late in the movie, but are we jumping into Moth RuPaul's Drag Race? I guess we uh, are. Bill, boy, how do you know it's a Mothra Paul's drag race? Because there's some. Okay, they got the 80s fashion down pretty decently, but like, Kristen Wiig does have a pretty good, solid look this whole film. And it is kind of upsetting. They could have just had her like dressing in like leopard prints, and that's her powers. Yeah, because she, she does. She looks great. She looks really good in those like, in those weird, varying animal prints that she does. She's fucking rocking it. Yeah, she looks good before they yeah. turn her into a CGI furry lady. One of the cats. Yeah. She's just an extra. She was. She was just an extra from Cats. Yeah. Like it's really. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Well, the CGI wasn't that bad, but it was almost. There. I don't know. Well, definitely. I think it would have been worse if like they had to make this scene so dark. I think to hide any imperfections with the CGI and the oh, fighting no, they, in they general. Did, they did that because. No, they used the same program for cats, and they needed to use that to hide the butthole they had to put on her. <laughs> right. That's why it's, you beat me to the joke. I think there's a butthole cut. I thought about one too, but yeah. I wasn't going to do it. Well, hey, you <laughs> yeah. know what? That just shows that we're all in sync, and I'm the one who takes chances. <laughs> nice. Well, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, they get, have their fight, and she gets electrocuted to be knocked out. It's the usual why does the, the electricity not knock like, I can't her out, Diana out as well? I guess because she's getting her godlike strength back. But yeah, but she was Cheetah wished to be like Diana, so shouldn't she be just as invulnerable? I don't know. I think I found a. That's oh a man! Good Surprise, guys! I think I found a plot hole in this movie. God, I can't believe you found the one plot <laughs> yeah. hole. Luke. Yeah, we we can let them know finally. <laughs> we gotta we gotta call we up call, HBO has Max. Has anybody called them yet? Is anyone? We gotta call. Yeah, man. Gotta hey, call Warner up, Brothers. I don't Warner know if Bros. you noticed right this, but there's like story doesn't make sense in this movie. You guys might need to like want to do some reshoots. <laughs> Take some of that seventy million you gave to Zack Snyder to do his cut of the Justice uh, League. Oh my God. They did. They did release cats twice. So <laughs> we're going to talk about cats on this podcast eventually. By the way, oh god, I'm going to put that out there. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, final scene. Yeah, it's got to happen. Maxwell Lord is in the satellite bunker, 
in front of the seal of the President of the United States just telling people that, wish for more! You, wish for something and I'll, I'll, and I'll give it to you. For some reason, there's like, yeah. the more wishes he grants, like, the air kind of whips up. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. they'd shown uh, that earlier with, like, point. anytime someone wished, their hair would blow a little bit. Yeah. And then it's another thing of, I do kind of wish there was just, like, an overarching goal to his character of, like, why he's doing this. I mean... I mean... Bad childhood. I, bad, bad childhood, <laughs> no therapy, because it's the 80s. Well, yeah, I kept trying to figure That's out true. why this uh, movie was set in 1984. And I thought, for one, it's an election year. That's the year that Reagan was reelected. And then there's this idea that is, is like I guess this yuppie business idea. And I wrote down American Psycho at one point because like that's a movie that actually does like satirize the whole like yuppie of the eighties. Yes, and like the and the like um in just the hedonism and just like the embrace fully of like it's basically like when being wealthy became cool yeah, again. Yeah, Gordon Gecko, like uh, cuz like cause you is could good. have yeah, cuz you could like have money in the 60s and 70s and you know in any time before, but it became very cool to be rich in the 80s, I think, cuz it's when like skiing and yachting and like all of those like very rich hobbies became kind of like invaded all of like pop culture and fashion yeah. and all of that and also stuff. this is something that i honestly didn't think about it my first time through but it's obvious the second do through is that's when donald trump that was his like his perfect self is probably himself in 1984 oh actually it's in the late 70s in the 80s is when he started to bankrupt all of his companies because he lost his contact with roy Cohn, who passed away from the aids crisis and then he turned his back on because he no longer had a direction and was rudderless without having a fixer lawyer in power for him anymore. Right. Anyways, when did uh, Art of the Deal come out? Because I still like... <laughs> Oh, that is, I think, like mid eighties. Yeah, because that's yeah, when he started that, being uh, on TV. Yeah, the, is probably when all of his businesses. The fun thing failing. about Donald Trump. The fun thing about Donald Trump is that he's always been a puppet to someone else too. He's never actually really been in control of what he's doing or had any smarts to him, which I think is funny. Yeah, yeah. but he's not smart enough to know that, which uh, is disappointing. It is yeah. very disappointing, I would say, as an American citizen in 2020. Someone who's like, like, probably going to die happy because he's such a fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's so true. Yeah. He's like, I did good. Yeah. Art of the Deal was 1987. Um, anyways, to get the... How she fixes this whole issue of all these wishes getting out of control is she puts her lasso of truth around him to both make him see his past and renounce his own wish and then well, everybody yes, what... to... They I had guess. that scene earlier where she showed Steve Trevor, like, the lasso of truth does not only take out the truth, it shows the truth. Let me show you. And he, they see, yeah. like, that story about... Li I wrote her name. Hysteria? Yeah, the... the who saved mm. them from the world of man. Oh, yeah. So were all the people who, like, were watching Max Lord supposed to be seeing their own truth, too? Or are they seeing, like... Their she life. was using him as a vector for, like, her she, Her voice was being projected through him and everybody was hearing her. I, I guess through the logic of the movie, the same way that because he's on camera, his particles are touching people, if the lasso is touching him, it's also touching everyone else? You see? Yes, which I, is 
very stupid. I wanted a solution to this movie because I, I wrote down the heroes do nothing clever throughout the entire movie. <laughs> I wanted to be okay. Diana's renounced her wish, so she makes another wish. It's wishes that Maxwell Lord's wish was to destroy the Dreamstone. Like that's oh, that something, been way better. That's clever. And like Adventure Time did that, but you know this is Warner Brothers. They're connected to Cartoon Network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could have done it. They would have been fine. But yeah, this is uh this is the wild part of this movie is that I I really had to consider how this would affect or the world would change, but it doesn't seem like at all where everybody renounces their their wishes and the movie just basically kind of ends there. Like they show her like during a Christmas which time you know scene. was filmed like wait, 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 it's just Brandon, like Brandon, hey everybody Brandon, back to the status yeah. quo. You're, Hooray! You're, sk- you're skipping over so much <laughs> shit. Like this was the craziest Fourth of July weekend America's ever had. I guess the world's ever had. Now it's yeah. Christmas. I mean, all of humanity in existence. Yeah. But uh, I. I did think and it was we weird also say too, that uh, Maxwell Lord renounced his wish. Shouldn't that have made everyone else's wishes null and void? No one else had to renounce. It should have. But I, it would have been better writing. I, that's for I, sure. I, I love that. Like, well, Maxwell Lord, he just appears on a TV and he tells people, like, make, make a wish. It'll happen. And then they start happening for people. And you see people, like, have immediate comeuppance for them. I just, I wanted to think of, like, someone who was like, I wish I could walk again. They wouldn't renounce that, would they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish guys, I didn't have I'm cancer. just going to really uh and I just a sidebar, I'm just going to apologize continuously for uh my radiator cuz no matter where you are in the house, it will be this loud uh and I'm sorry to the listeners. Oh, it's what okay. what I'm makes a radiator sound oh, like there's like a bottle cap stuck in there? Like what is it? It's probably yeah. a bottle cap. Probably bottle caps. Ours has a ours has a man with a hammer trapped in each one. Uh, no matter <laughs> how much water we put in or let out of it, it does not get better. <laughs> Little Dutchman, the vacation uh, in the I know how sink. to fix them, and we've tried. <laughs> yeah. Stop sending your emails about this to this podcast. <laughs> okay, but uh, well, that'd be funny. If that's what gets us famous. Is just. Uh, radiation uh, or not radiation radiator fixes radiation fixes are good too i mean hell most superheroes were created that way yeah back in the good old days when it just took a little you know plutonium oh god i miss the old 1930s superhero like radiator man so so (laughs) anyway maxwell Uh, lord uh what does he do he sees his like his himself coming up and sees his son Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's not like any consequences to his storyline or plot. He basically runs off to reunite with his son and just say like, "Hey, daddy's been an asshole. I'm going to be a better dad." And his son's like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> like that's He's it. Like, I don't, he... I don't need you to be successful. I love you because you're my dad, even though you've treated me terribly this entire movie. He's still young enough to. Yeah. And that, he'll figure that scene. out later. He'll he'll figure <laughs> yeah. out that he's already been a bit damaged. Uh... Mm. <laughs> And that's how they make it. The joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it, that actually was kind of a slightly touching scene, as far as bad as this movie was at parts too. Of like, you know, but he, she like shouldn't, he shouldn't get that. Like, that's why, fine. why, why doesn't Barbara get to like? I guess she sort of renounces her wish, even though it was after uh, Lord renounced his wish, so it shouldn't matter. Mm. Still, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the most realistic thing about this movie is the actual bad people never getting their comeuppance. So. Yeah, that was, I think that that was a pretty major flaw that he faces no repercussions whatsoever other than like learning a moral lesson and not just being <laughs> purely sad. I'm no longer purely satisfied by my own greed. I actually um do care if my... You know, son loves me. And that was his was, punishment. And even if it is supposed to be he that he a... went to jail, like, after this, show us that. Show us him in a jail cell looking at a picture of his show son and anything. laughing. I don't, I don't feel yeah. like complete empathy because I saw his dad yell at him because he pissed his bed. Or because kids were racist to him. Or... I thought this was the craziest thing. He fucking started that that fake oil share company when he was like eighteen. Yeah, which is and he kept the wild. same name the whole time. Yeah, no, he's like, you know what? No notes, perfect, <laughs> love it. Instead of Lord, yeah, because that's yeah, what Simon okay, Stagg calls him too. in that first scene where they confront each other. Yeah. And then we finally get to the end of the film itself, where it's like a few months later, and everything's gone back to normal. We can finally be at brunch again, and uh, sh- she's at uh, a Christmas gathering, and she sees the the man she spiritually hijacked wearing the outfit that <laughs> she picked out for him. To it, yes, which yeah. I thought was. If you look at the if you look at the Wikipedia um, for this for, for this movie and you go to the plot, um, allegedly this scene uh, helps bring her closure over losing Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. That is what they think happened. <laughs> you know what I think scene? happened? I, you I know think what? That's, they, that's a loose interpretation. What I think happened, they realized this movie was going to come out at Christmas time. And so they're like, oh shit, we need to film some Quick, Christmas shit. We gotta get 40 extras. Yeah, I think yeah. there's no way this wasn't Oh, we can't get like Chris Pine, but ago. we can get the body double. Yeah. Uh, Mad Men, Mad Men has been off air for how many years? Let, let's get this guy back. Yeah, and then uh, that's it. That's uh, Wonder Woman 1984. If you're saying to yourself, wow, this was a really confusing summary, I think we might have made more sense of the movie. Well, then, then there was Brandon, a... Brandon, did uh, you not stay uh, around for the post-credit scene? There was a Linda Carter cameo post-credit mm-hmm. scene as a stare, as an older Asteria. Which I Asteria. thought that was cute. Yeah. Did she not like, show up in the first movie? I... No, she didn't. I got upset, too, because with every DC movie, I just wish the ending scene would be them introducing Gorilla Grodd. That's all <laughs> <laughs> just give me yeah, that talking yeah, yeah. monkey already. God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, let's get to the reviews. I, um, I, but, well, no, I'll add this to my review. I have a theory I'd like to share with everyone. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, we're going to give this one out of five... Uh, you know what? I want to have a little fun with this. So it's going to be one out of five Kevin Spacey portraying Lex Luthers. Um, I'm going to give this uh, I'm going to give this an, an even 2.5 Kevin Spacey's portraying Lex Luthers. It has to be Kevin Spacey? Returns, like... uh, because Yeah, yeah, Kevin Spacey yeah I know, but Lex it's Luther Kevin Spacey. It's not the Lex huh. Luthor part I have a problem with. It's the I... Kevin Spacey part. <laughs> Kevin Spacey I have zero is Lex frame, I have zero frame of, of reference <laughs> for, the, for this scale. Uh, <laughs> could, could we just make it something it relating still, to the movie? Is it still ones are bad? <laughs> is more Kevin Spacey's bad? Or <laughs> you have to ask yourself. Bad? 
Uh, you're going to have to find out what you get in writing. Episode <laughs> uh, so 2.5, cool. Kevin Spacey's betraying Lex Luthor's in Superman Returns. Because you know what? I have a lot of issues with this film. And this is the note that I wanted to say for the podcast is I feel this is exactly like when I saw Venom, which is like it was such a train wreck that it, it has some very bad moments that are stupid and not good. But it's also so over the top at other points that I enjoyed myself. And I watched this with uh, Barb and her cousins over like a video chat. And just to have all this be able to make fun and ape on this movie made it a lot more enjoyable experience. <laughs> so it's not the worst, but it's definitely not a good film. So it's an even cut of 2.5 Kevin Spacey's yeah, Betraying Lexi and Superman Returns. I'm going to go returns. next real quick. Uh, I'm going to give it three Kevin Spacey's. And in this case, Kevin Spacey's are bad. So I would give I would give it yeah, two. You, you I'd saw, probably give it a, the riddle. Yeah, <laughs> I'd give it probably a two stars if they weren't Kevin Spacey's, and because it's it's bad in a lot of interesting ways. Like it, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by it in many ways because also like they kept pushing this movie back. How come nobody thought like you know maybe we could trim some of this fat here and there? Like it's not like you can do that with adding stuff into the movie, especially when during quarantine and all that. Cause I think I'm sure they didn't do much reshoots more than that Christmas scene at the end. So I watch it. If you like bad movies and if you're like interested in like DC, I think you could find some interesting stuff in this. Yeah, I I'd recommend it, but it's not a good movie. Okay. Oh, also, before anybody I'm, else goes real uh, quick, I think echoing, I have to jump off because like, my head, headphones oh. are dying. My left one's gone out already. Oh, oh okay. Oh, no. I'll, I'll yeah, do a review give me and we'll one second, back on. and I'll jump on, but I won't yeah. be able to record any of it because of that other headphone's not working. Okay, so uh, I'll okay. be right back. Right. You guys keep going. Okay. <laughs> I just have no control over that. So, (laughs) that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah, we go. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, All right, I I, want to echo similar statements. Where I'm, I'm giving it a solid two and a half. It's, it feels very middle of the road for me. Where there are scenes I liked in this movie, and there's a lot of stuff I was just confused and maybe not angry or upset about, but just like, oh, this is stupid. Uh, I, I did enjoy watching it, but I feel like it's obviously better just riffing on it with friends. Uh, and my my dumb theory I wanted to talk about, like, okay, so the guy who was spirit hijacked, or no, quantum leaped, the guy who was quantum leaped by Chris Pine, I feel like he probably had cameras in that apartment, and they never found them. Because the way he fucking looks at Diana is like, okay, I know that we fucked at some point. I did mushrooms, and then apparently I was quantum leaped by Chris Pine, and I'm just treating that as a whole lost weekend, and I understand you don't want to see me, but I'm going to wear the outfit that I saw that you picked out for me on camera, and I'm going to see if it sparks anything. (laughs) Yeah, that seems about right. That would explain that scene a little bit. Yeah, zero arguments here. Thank you. I just thought that uh, it's just somehow meant that whoever that dude is is actually more compatible with her than uh, <laughs> than Steve than Steve Trevor. Like they're actually soulmates, and she will find love again with yet another sort of mediocre random white dude. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Once again, that's the ultimate slap of like this is Wonder Woman, like the the height of like power and femininity in the DC universe, and why she keeps going for mediocre white dudes. It's so I'll sad. give them better than mediocre. You know what? Mediocre was a little unfair. That was just uh, you know a little a little bit glib of me, but it is like not as good white dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's definitely yeah. not trying to like be at her level. <laughs> No, yeah. not not at all. I mean, she's she was blowing off all those other guys who were just like, I've had my eye on you for a while, Diana. Yeah, it would have been fun if she just, like, didn't even care that she's supposed to be under, like, a disguise and she just picked them up and threw them out the window. <laughs> I, I wanted her to start snapping wrists or something. Something, you know? But yeah, that's a... Uh... I, I think that's uh that's Wonder Woman 1984. Do I, yeah, Kend- do I not yeah, get Kendall to review, didn't get review it? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, oops. Fuck you, Brandon. I forgot we were still in Martin's. I get thrown off. Um, because I don't know, because I, I still don't understand uh, what the scale is, I'm also going to say a two and a half. Um, <laughs> just so either way, nobody can come scale. for me. Um, and um, I will say... Uh, that I, when, you know, I, when I started watching this movie, um, which I only did because of this podcast, um, I did, uh, first look at the runtime and I was like, yuck, (laughs) two and a half hours. (laughs) Um, and I think I probably benefited myself because I did split my viewing experience in half. (laughs) So I watched the first half last night and the second half, um, today, uh, and I think it's probably why I found it, like, a little bit more palatable overall. Because um, two and a half hours is a lot of time to waste in one day. But, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, anybody can just waste an hour and 15 minutes in a single day. Um, hey, we're doing that right now. And I felt weirdly similar. It's This is going to sound insane until I explain it. Um, I felt the same <laughs> way at the end of this movie as I did at the end of of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, <laughs> because, because every person I, like, all of the press and any person I heard talk about this movie and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was either straight up, like, that movie was garbage, or they were like, it was one, it was great, it was wonderful, you know, I really enjoyed it. You know, definitely worth seeing. And I never saw any, like, middle opinions. Um, up until now. Now that there's, now that there's, like, a, like a critical consensus, and in Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes, I think this has, like, a 60%. Yeah. Now that's coming out. But, like, when this ended, I was like, oh, that sure was a movie. <laughs> Wait a second. Did anyone who, like, we both personally know say that they thought this movie was great? I... You know what? I can't think. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But I did see some people who were like really stoked about it, especially after like an initial viewing, and then it was it was very polar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think as as more people have seen it, I think the um, the averages will win out. Uh, <laughs> but it was one of those things where like I came in into watching it having anticipating having very like being you know really enjoying it in a surprising way or um hating it and i feel very neutral <laughs> i am not angry that i watched it uh <laughs> um nor do i think i will ever need to see it again you know <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, that's how I feel about it, and it's, uh, once again, it makes me feel like when I watched Venom exactly in every way for this of like, it was fun to riff on when, with some friends, and I don't think I'm ever gonna like go back and visit it. I don't know. You sh- in, well, I don't know. You you all live your own life. I did just remember one more thing that actually did upset me about this film. <laughs> Do tell. You said it in the '80s, and you give it all of this beautiful '80s backdrop, and your fucking soundtrack isn't that good. Like, they had some okay yeah. songs, but it's like, you gotta put the fucking hits in there. It was mostly Hans Zimmer, which is yeah. just insane for an <laughs> <laughs> Like, Hans Zimmer did compose the score, um, I believe, to both of them. And it's just insane that they didn't have a better, like, music supervisor who was like, no, we need to have some fun jams, or, like, there needs to be a quintessential 80s song, um like, in the background of at least one scene. Um, Mm -hmm. I did leave a note for myself, because, like, as the movie was ending, and this is not an 80s song, um, so that's not the reference I'm trying to make, but as this movie was ending, I was like, if they play You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones as the credits music, I will throw my computer (laughs) across the room. (laughs) Well, we saved one computer, which is great. (laughs) But I was like, they would would fucking do that. (laughs) Just pick. Yeah, they have enough I, money to play you can't always get what you want <laughs> i think i was truly spoiled because i watched soul before this oh. that had a great soundtrack mm-hmm. uh but at the end of the film i'm like i wonder who did this and then i saw for a disney pixar it said trent reznor i was like what the fuck <laughs> trent getting out there. i wanted that kind of reaction so i love me some trent reznor yeah I know it's so it's so crazy to think that the I want to fuck you like an animal guy is now doing like some of the best soundtracks in Hollywood mm-hmm. like no joke. Yeah. He's That's that's awesome. Yeah, he's one of the yeah, eminent um yeah, <laughs> what you said. I don't know. <laughs> it's very funny cuz 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 my boyfriend and I were having this exact same conversation except he used um I want to fuck you like an animal as a reference to a good song. It's a good song. He's like this guy who did taste. this great thing is also doing this very <laughs> other different great thing. And it's like I don't yeah. think that they're the same caliber. Um but you have I terrible taste. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I should be clear. Yeah, Hurt's good, but Nine Inch Nails is, I think, a fun and good band. It's just, you cannot deny it, it was a very cheesy and 90s band, for oh, sure. yeah. Hey, yes. listen, I, the 90s are just like a good pizza. I love it with more cheese. Yeah, give me that cheese. Mm. Um, so, now we've actually reached the end of the ratings. I didn't cut anybody off, let alone a great guest we had, so... Um, <laughs> Are, are we? Should we do a? We should do a quick games because I realize we're already running at like one thirty. Um, so we're just. I'm gonna go to the what? How tall is Steve Buscemi for the stupid games? Because I love this segment so much. Uh, so I'm gonna ask you, Kindle uh, Klitsky, how tall is Steve Buscemi? How tall is Steve Buscemi? Yes. Uh, five ten. Ooh, that's very close. Very close. You're only. One inch off. He is actually five nine. And, and Martin, tell us why it's impressive. It's a, it's a very fun fact. The way I always remember Steve Buscemi's height is he is exactly sixty nine inches tall. Oh, uh, incredible! Yeah, Isn't that just great? It is beautiful. <laughs> uh, but now I'm going to open the floor to everybody to participate in this game. Whoever gets the two points wins first. We're going to do some heights on people in this film. 
Uh, but I always like to keep it a, a little fun so I don't go directly. I didn't do Gal Gadot because I was worried that uh, Luke was going to look it up. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you all, how tall is Kristen Wiig? Oh, I thought I, for a second I thought you were going to be like, how tall is Danny DeVito? <laughs> oh, we all know how tall Danny DeVito is. Like, <laughs> in our heart of hearts. Uh, I'm going to say Kristen Wiig is 5'6". I will go, you know, I'm going to go like 5'8". I think that she's taller. So, actually, this is the thing that I thought so, too. I I just thought that she is pretty tall, but she is closest to Martin at 5'5". Wow. So, she is just a little taller than me. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, you want Okay, this is the really wild thing. I'm not going to do this for the guessing height game, but uh, I also found out when searching this that Kate McKinnon is 5'3". Really? No! Those tiny, tiny people with those enormous personalities. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I actually did have a second option I'm throwing out because now I am going to ask you all, how tall is Danny? (laughs) Isn't he four? He's like four, four ten. Okay. Sounds, that sounds like a a good guess, but let's see what what everybody else has. I'm gonna go four eleven because he's gonna give us the four one one. All right, uh, I'm actually gonna say that uh, we should award the game to Kindle right away because she got it on the. Oh dot. damn! Hell yeah! Yes. Um, but I do want to end it on one more because we have a point for Kindle and we have a point for Martin. <laughs> uh, I want to see if one of you guys can get this to seal the deal. Who wins this round of how tall Steve Buscemi? How tall is Dark Seed, DC's classic villain? <laughs> I, uh, Price is Right rules? Price is Right rules. <laughs> dark uh, Seed, Dark Seed, you can I, say I also it bear in mind that I have no idea, I've, I have no idea who this is. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of like, uh, if DC did a cheap uh, ripoff of Thanos. Uh, Thanos? Uh, I'm gonna say six, Dark Side six. was before Thanos? I know, but still... <laughs> I, move, Actually, movie Dark yeah. Side is definitely a God. That's a whole fucking mess. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll just six two. Why not? I've known a lot of bad people okay. who are six two. <laughs> I I, I know he's crazy tall. Like uh, we gotta split the difference. Go eight feet. Okay, Luke is saying eight. Feet, I was saying. Uh, then, I was uh, saying. I, I'm I'm gonna say like. Six foot ten. All right. Uh, well, this is the the funny thing is it's it's somewhere between Martin and Luke because he's seven six. Oh. But since uh, Martin Martin is in the running for winning, I'm going to give it to Martin on this. No, one. I, right. I, I want to give it to Kendall because like I I, I don't know I've seen Dark Side in multiple multiple media things. This wasn't a fair challenge. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. And and you know true. what? Six foot two I was is the, the most of a lot wrong. of bad people. It should not go to me. <laughs> okay, fine. I want to give the win to Luke then. Yeah, okay, Luke gets I don't it. Want it. You know what? That means we all got a point, so we're all winners. Hooray, Yay, participation yeah. trophies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get to uh, wrapping up everything here and go to our usual recommendations and plugs. Um, I think I mentioned it last time, so if I'm double dipping, who cares? Because I'm loving it. No, I didn't talk about this last time. Uh, I got Doom Eternal on the Switch, which is an excellent port, but if you ever, like, you're having a bad day and you're like, man, I really want to blow off some steam by ripping out demons intestines all day. Boy, howdy, is this the game for you. It's good time. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I want to recommend a board game I played with my roommates recently. Uh, Spirit Island. It's super fun. You play uh, the spirits of this island that are slowly trying to push all of the people off of it. Oh, that's fun. It's, oh, it's such a, it's a, it's fun and it's a cooperative board game because I love that. You only, you win as soon as all the people are gone. I am going to recommend Aqua Teen Hunger Force. A friend of mine got uh, HBO Max. I've been watching it. All of Aqua Teen's on there. It's very funny. It still makes Hell me yeah. smoke, smoke a little weed, watch some Aqua Teens, and it still makes me laugh like I'm in college. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, and then uh, Kindle for recommendations, it can be anything. It could even be a feeling or like just <laughs> a concept. Um. Uh, my recommendation uh, to everyone is a is another podcast. Is that is that cheating? Is that bad? <laughs> no, please. Oh no, it's yeah, so please. wildly different from this um, that they could not be more different. Um, but it's uh, a <laughs> it's if I if I have to say that there's something that I've consumed probably the most um, over the last couple of months, it is a uh, Robert Evans's podcast behind the bastards. Um. Oh, I love that. Yeah, podcast. he's a he's an excellent uh, journalist um, and podcaster. He said a couple of different like offshoots from this uh, main show, and all of them are great. Um, and it was actually somewhat soothing uh, to learn a whole lot about all of history's most terrible people, uh, while different terrible things were going on all around us. Um, <laughs> it did uh, kind of help uh, contextualize everything. So if you um, like, uh, you know, a history slash comedy podcast that is very well researched. Um, I would, and I would, I would direct you towards Behind the Bastards, wherever so, you get your podcasts. So, so this isn't yeah, like it's... the kid stays in the picture, Robert Evans, right? Uh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> he's uh, he's, a, like he's a living he's a living Robert Evans. Um, and I think after that other Robert Evans died, uh, he did his his Twitter handle is still I write okay, but his description is like the only Robert Evans. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The the and that also makes sense uh, why earlier you're laughing at my Phyllis Schlafly joke too. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Phyllis Schlafly is a real uh, see you next Tuesday. Um, oh yeah. It's, <laughs> and oh, I've yeah. I've hated her well before. Um, you know, learning about her on on podcasts, but the episode, uh, the episodes about her that Behind the Bastards did were a real treat. So, yeah, real frightening. Like if you've ever wanted to be upset why we're stuck in culture wars for the last thirty years, there, there's your there's turns your out very connected to one lady. <laughs> Maybe the women are the villains after all. You know. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, and in O Twist of Fate, she never gets the credit for it because she's a woman working in a conservative party. So, <laughs> hey, uh, that's, I, I guess it's not a good thing either how you let her look at it. So. Hey, no. Don't end on a sad no, note. No, friend, you're ending on the best note possible. Of course, the patriarchy has its benefits. <laughs> oh, boy, I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> but you know what? We do say every episode. You're going to like being one. told what you have to do. I guarantee it. No, we're stopping. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bad. I wish you would tell me what to do. I, guys, why are we bean-nadding ourselves at the end of this episode? <laughs> yeah, so, we're, we're totally bean-nadding ourselves. I'm sorry, Brandon. Right what now. are you saying, Mr. Legume Father? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. bean-dad is. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's not worth getting into. 
show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs>